Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey, youth pastors, welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to sit down with Heather and work through a halakha passage, Midrash halakha. Ooh, yes, Halakha are. are you, Heather? <laughs> Pretty good, Dika. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even know. So what's Midrash halakha again? Mark, can I just point out to our listeners, because they can't see this, but we just finished a parables cohort, and then literally two minutes later, we turned around to do this podcast, and now Mark is wearing a, a stocking cap on his head. It's so cold in Iowa. <laughs> I hate winter here. I, so, so my wife is um, an OBGYN, yeah. and I've told her so many times, like, you know, the University of Hawaii needs doctors. The University of Florida yes, needs Lord. doctors. Why Thank do we have to Lord. be at the University of Iowa? It is yeah. 10 degrees today. Yeah, I, I hear that. I'm in Iowa too, so I understand your pain because I live it too. So yes, I have my hat on. You wear that hat and do it. I just was like <laughs> looking at you. I'm like, you have a hat on. Hmm, okay. So Midrash. Yeah. yeah, Midrash is a literary device that weaves the stories of the Bible together in a way that brings a fuller meaning. And there's two different ways that the rabbis would do this through Midrash Halakha or Midrash Agadah. Halakha is the legal rulings of Torah. And Mm -hmm. so it will pull and connect these different stories or different um, rulings within the Hebrew Bible uh, together to try to bring a fuller meaning to what is being communicated. So in Midrash Agadah, is the different story parts of the Bible. And like the narrative section. Yeah, the narrative. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about the life of Joseph. Or we're talking about, you know, the the story in the book of uh, Esther or something like that, right? And we're yeah. creating a madrash about that, a teaching by connecting other parts of the Hebrew Bible. Uh, it's kind of, honestly, it's like a giant cross-reference, but it's done really, like, poetically. Yeah. And much more... But it takes a cross-reference to the next level where it brings the wisdom of the scriptures in it and an application to your life Mm -hmm. that that kind of like, it's almost like makes the scriptures have a kiss. Like, that's what I feel like it does. It's it's like the reference is just like, okay, if it's a jigsaw puzzle, I just put that piece together. But a madrash is like, oh, now it has a nice kiss. That's what I feel like. I think it's, I'll have to think about that metaphor (laughs) because- I've just never thought of it that way, but I will say, um, I will say what I love about Midrash is the art. It, yeah. it is actually, a. it's not just that these scribes, they're basically a walking study Bible yeah. and they make these, they make these connections across mm-hmm. the text yeah. by sound and by words that bounce off of each other. But then they tell these artful stories to weave them together and what it does is even when you have something like a rigid law code that's listing this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do when you sacrifice Lucky the lamb, they yeah. may then have an artful story to yes. tell about why that is the case. Yeah. And it brings this whole 
texture yeah. and yes. artistic layer to it. Yeah, which if you have any questions about what Midrash is, just check out our episode from last week where Mark talked about it. Oh, show. And don't forget that the reason we're talking about Midrash is it's growing up in the New Testament. They're starting to do this. And it's one of the first places in ancient literature where we see Midrash starting to happen. It's kind of cool. Yeah, totally. So today we're going to look at uh, Midrash Halakha. So I have something here. Uh, that I'm going to pull up and read for our listeners. Uh, so this is a midrash on Leviticus 19.18, which is love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus talked about this a lot in the Gospels, right? Like, how do you walk in light of God's commands? What's your halakha of what does it mean to really love your neighbor, right? Um, yeah. Who is my neighbor, right? Jesus tackles those questions a lot in the Gospels. But here in this midrash, we see there's a couple different rabbis having a discussion about it. And like one thing too, that's really fun about midrash and even the Talmud and the Mishnah is that usually these rabbis, because they studied these things so much, they would, they would know what rabbi so-and-so said, and then they would try to build upon it, right? If, well, well, rabbi so-and-so says this, but let's take it to the next level, right? To try to fully yeah. understand what the scripture is communicating. Um, Wait, so when Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I say, you've heard it said, but I say, mm -hmm. there's actually this long line of thinking. That's this right. is the interpretation that so-and-so handed down, yeah. but I say. Yes, but he had yeah, the authority yeah. to offer a new interpretation, right? Yeah, but all of those rabbis are going to believe that about themselves. No, that's true. I mean, yeah. They're not going to believe that they're reinterpreting Torah, though, they're going to believe they're reinterpreting another rabbi's interpretation of Torah. Right. But Jesus right. gave in his own yeah. interpretation of Torah. Yeah. Bomb.com. For sure. Okay. So Midrash Halakha. All right. So it says here. Did you just say bomb.com? I'm 37 years old. So yes, it That's is. awesome. Okay. I'm sorry. I won't interrupt anymore. Go ahead. <laughs> our cultural things, I wonder if they really hit on a lot of our listeners or just like, man, these people are youth pastors. They're so old, right? It's probably like watching cave people think about how to disciple <laughs> students. It's so big. You know, it's okay. like, okay. All right. Okay. Rabbi Akiba said, this is the great principle of Torah. So he's making a comment about um, Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbor as yourself. But Ben Azai said, there is an even greater one than this. It is found in Genesis 5.1. This is the book of the generations of man. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. For here, not only the neighbor is involved, but all human beings. So there was a question during the time of the first century of who is my neighbor, right? Like some rabbis would say, well, you know, a Jew is your neighbor, but not a Samaritan, right? And so essentially yeah. what this rabbi is saying is that well, your neighbor is everybody who's made in God's image. And so there's this beautiful madrash halakha happening here in saying, look, as we're looking at this scripture in Leviticus and the law, love your neighbor as yourself. We're going to pull in Genesis 5.1 to help us best understand what's being communicated there. And just looking at the entirety of the Hebrew Bible in uh, within its context to help us best understand how to view people in God's image as we love our neighbor. Yeah. So as I wanted to kind of practically 
look about look at this in youth pastor world today as we look at this really quick short little halakha midrash halakha how can we contextualize this in our day and bring it to light for our kids well i was thinking about it like this mark you remember the mm-hmm. old song by casting crowns do you remember casting crowns they're still a thing they're like i'm not going to be able to help you <laughs> you don't know casting crowns no, I grew up on punk rock CDs that my dad took away. Oh wow! I'm yeah. Starting to you know, to this to this day, I will like be reading Aramaic or Hebrew or Greek, and I will be blasting punk rock in my headphones. So I can't help you. But go I'm, ahead. I'm questioning your salvation now. But okay, so you should. I we should. all should. We all should. That's right. Um, so, in light of that, Midrash Halakha. I think what's being communicated for us is that obviously everyone matters to God and everyone wants to be seen by God. And the question that Jesus answers in the gospels of who is my neighbor was a huge question during his day too, that his answer was simply, well, everybody, even the people that you don't like. And so it's the people who often go unseen that Jesus sees And the same is communicated in the short Madrash is that everybody is your neighbor. So when you think about the kids in your midst, and even as us as adults, I feel like we just want to be seen, right? We want to be loved. We want to be known that we have value in the kingdom of God. There's this sweet little fun little song that Casting Crowns did a number of years ago. And I'm just going to read some of the lyrics here. It's talking about a girl who's kind of ran from God. And it says, she is running 100 miles an hour in the wrong direction. She is trying, but the canyon's ever widening in the depths of her cold heart. So she sets out on another misadventure just to find. She's another two years older, and she's three more steps behind. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? Or does anybody even know she's going down today? Under the shadow of our steeple, with all the lost and lonely people, searching for the hope that's tucked away in you and me. Does anybody hear her? Can anybody see? I think if like, if we want to be artistic about how we're supposed to help people understand what it means to live out this principle of love your neighbor as yourself, I think this song really helps us best understand how we are to look for and to care for the lost and lonely people. Like, I mean, I think really what people are asking is, does anybody see me? Does anybody see my pain? Does anybody see what I'm going through? And if we're to practice this principle of love your neighbor as yourself and to see people in the divine image of God, then that means that we need to have eyes to see those who are hurting and to call them into something bigger than themselves and into a place of healing with God. And so I just want to challenge every youth worker out there to take a moment to pause in the midst of the craziness of a youth night when everything's running a million miles an hour to just maybe throw something out the window for a moment to sit with a kid, a kid that you can tell that their demeanor has changed over the last couple weeks, or maybe an adult leader who's going through something hard that you would pause and take a moment to be the presence of God so that you can communicate to them that they have significance and value in the kingdom of God. And that you can just 
take this principle of, of loving your neighbor um, to the next level. And you can look for the people who are under the steeples of our church who are going, but they're running in the wrong direction and they're wondering if anybody sees or cares. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think I think of so many times too where it's not until the second or third question that you really find out how someone is doing. Yeah. And so often as youth pastors, it's it's not that we're not looking or that we don't readily recognize the immense value of our students and the divine image that's in them all the time and that can really come out as we disciple them. It's it's that we're stretched for time. Yeah. We're doing a whole lot of things in a whole lot of directions. Yeah. And Jesus seems to be the master of honestly engaging with a person with complete presence and yeah. fullness when everyone around him thinks he should be hurrying, you know? Right. Yeah. Jesus is yeah. never in a hurry. We don't ever read about like Jesus was, you know, scuttling from one area to the next. Like, no, Jesus. that's hilarious. <laughs> I don't think I've scuttled recently. I don't even know if that's a word, but I just said it. If there really was, cool. if there was a verse about Jesus scuttling or scurrying <laughs> or moving fast, to get more tasks done, yeah. it would be the most proof-texted verse in America. Oh, for sure. People would be like, look, it, it, look, it's fine for me to overwork myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful halakha, though, that recenters the golden rule yeah. of, of loving your neighbor just as you love yourself by broadening it to every kid that walks in your door, no matter what their family's like, no matter what their track record with Mm -hmm. God or church or things very far from God and church are, they are made in the divine image and it can be polished up and shine really bright if they meet Jesus. But we, we have to take the time to recognize it and sit with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, that's true. So go do it. For sure. The love of God to a teenager this week. Well, this has been a really uh, great conversation and a really regrounding, I think a regrounding conversation of what is it that we're ultimately here to do? Sure. It's to give kids the love of Jesus because yeah. we see their immense value. That's right? right. Yeah. And so, yeah, we just encourage you to do that. As always, you can check out firstcenturyyouthministry.com to learn more about the context of Jesus and hear all sorts of podcast episodes and grab Heather's book. If you feel like the discipleship piece of your ministry could use some work, which if we're honest, um, that's true for almost every one of us. Mm -hmm. So there's a great resource there. You can also join our Facebook group, First Century Youth Ministry, for all sorts of fun questions and conversations and community to grow together towards discipling students with all we've got. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Bye.